That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles, welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I'm Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver, coming to you live, along with my lovely co-host, former mayor of a California beach town and best-selling author, Debbie Peterson. And we're coming to you uh, 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks on 26 audio and video platforms, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio, too many to mention. (laughs) In fact, we're proud to be voted the number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and the number two caregiver podcast on Feedspot out of the top 60. Also on Caring Village, number two, we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. Um, Seeing the devastating and deadly effects of marijuana in his patients, family, and friends, Dr. Raymond Wiggins began investigating the subject, and what he found shocked him. His search for answers revealed an overwhelming body of evidence showing the adverse effects of marijuana that nobody seems to be talking about these days. All they're talking about is how it's important to get it legalized in every state in the country. Before we get started, let's just uh, thank Jeffrey Madden, co-founder of Chief Executive Officer of Advantage Therapeutics, for the show last week, and I want to remind you, you can watch that show or this show or any of our shows on caregiverdave.com or any of the other platforms I mentioned earlier. Okay, Dr. Raymond, welcome to the Caregiver Dave show. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Yes. Hey, we like to ask our first-time guest just who is Dr. Raymond Wiggins and why was he placed on this earth? (laughs) Well, I am an oral and maxillofacial surgeon uh, by trade, which I'm, I'm both a physician and a dentist. Um, I have a, a family of four children, ages 19 down to 13. Wow. I, a mother, uh, and I had a father until very recently, and my mother did a great job caregiving. Um, but I got to help her over the past year and learned a lot about caregiving. I would say that's definitely one of the things that that I was placed on this earth to do was to help her through that time. Now you're an expert. I I wouldn't call myself an expert. I'm definitely not the expert you are, but I do have a little bit of experience at this point. And if you would ask me that a year ago, I would have really not had that experience. Well, you're an expert over 90% of the population. Let's just put it that way. What was I put on this earth to do? Um, I just want to help people any way that I can. Um, And one of the ways that I'm doing it at this point in my life is to help people learn about the, the devastating effects of marijuana and people just don't understand the, the many problems that it can cause. And I learned about that from uh, personal experience with family and friends, and then also through patients and uh, seeing those devastating effects I started looking at at medical literature and uh, eventually wrote a book. And I I have over 300 uh, medical uh, 
literature articles that have helped me to to be able to see all these effects. And um, when I saw the devastating effects, I just wanted to pass that on to others. I didn't want to keep it to myself. Wow. Uh, you look like, um, actually, you don't look like you were around in the 60s or 70s. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I was around in the 60s, believe okay. it or not. <laughs> well, you look pretty good. Um, I got to ask you this question. You know, I mean, they asked Bill Clinton that. Did you inhale when you were back in the in the day? No, I, I did not. I, I've never smoked marijuana. Um, I've been around it a lot. Uh, when I was a kid, one of my next door neighbors, I would walk into his house and it was just a fog. I couldn't even hardly see. <laughs> So what and, kept you clean from that? Uh, your, your parents? I mean, what? What? Why did you not succumb to peer pressure? I think seeing the the effects that it had on on those people, um, my neighbors, uh, my cousins, you know, I saw that they were they got in trouble, yeah. and I just didn't want to do that, and so I stayed clean, and and I'm thankful that I did. Good for you. It's not easy. So I guess I can ask you, how did you become interested in the subject of marijuana? Um, you said you had some family members and neighbors and, and what have you. Uh, I know you were thinking about that as a, as a teenager, but when did you actually, you know, let it become a passion and write a book as an adult? When did that happen? And what, what caused that? Well, I had three cousins uh, who as we were growing up, they were the ones that smoked marijuana the most. And two of them died at a very young age. And really? can I say that it was directly related to marijuana? No, but indirectly, absolutely. And then um, as I got older, uh, a few years ago, another cousin who was the other one of, of the bunch who smoked a lot of marijuana actually had a sudden heart attack and he died. And that was a direct uh, mm. effect of marijuana. And then also there was a, a young man who's very close to me uh, in my family who went off to college and he had never smoked it before, but he got in with a group of guys. He and his roommate got in with a group of guys who were smoking marijuana. And he thought, well, everybody's doing it. Nobody seems to be having problems. So he started smoking it with them. And after just a couple of times, he, he had a, a psychotic break, a psychotic episode, and um, started having paranoid delusions. Um, he was high, and he got into his car. He drove down the road several miles, and he abandoned his car, made his way to a gas station. And the attendant there actually took his phone uh, and was able to unlock it and called 911, called the, the young man's mother, and they took him to a psychiatric hospital, and he was diagnosed with marijuana-induced psychosis. Uh, Gosh, is there such a thing? I never heard of that. There is. And believe it or not, I'm a doctor, and I had never heard of that until this episode. So he had marijuana-induced psychosis, and he was never able to return to school. Um, he, wow. he was eventually released from the hospital, but he was never, never able to return to school. Are you so, sure he didn't do acid or, or any other, uh, you know, there drugs, were hallucinogenics, right. There were four other people with him that day and, uh, none of them had that, that issue. 
And if you, maybe if it you, was laced with something unusual, who knows? But you if never know what you're getting. Yeah, if you, if it was laced with something, those other people would have had that same effect. You you would think, and, and none of them had that effect. It was only him, and so um, he wound up in the hospital and, and got out. And like I said, he's he's never been able to return to school. Great young man, I, I love him. He, he's he's a very close relative, like I said. Mm. But um, so sorry to hear that. Just for the record, I was a pothead uh, until I was twenty one. From seventeen to twenty-one, and I haven't done it since. Awesome! So I had—I don't know how many years that is—over forty, maybe fifty. And um, uh, I just think, uh, you know, in those days, I would give anything to make it legal, you know. But now, when it's becoming legal, (laughs) I said, "No, no," you know. That's how much things have changed. I've changed, and the government's changed. Yeah. And I did. I told you the the personal side, but there's also the professional side as well. Because um, when not. I see when I see my patients, um, almost everyone that checks that they smoke marijuana, most of them check that they have anxiety as well. And if you look in the medical literature, people think that that it decreases anxiety, and right. it does while while you're using it, at least for most people. But when you come down from it. Um, you're actually more anxious than you would have been had you not used it at all. And yeah. also I, I do what's called total IV anesthetics and my patients, um, they, they take about three times the, the normal anesthesia to keep them down wow. whenever you do a, a TIVA or total IV anesthetic. The, the amount of propofol that you use is about three times more. And also there's 58% uh, more pain meds used after surgery in those patients who who use marijuana. So, and th- those are statistics from American society of anesthesiologists. I don't know why I'm hearing this for the first time. Debbie, you got anything? Well, I'm, I'm curious about, um, you know, they, they say that there's the, there's this, I think it's different. There's the THC and the CBD. And um, I've certainly used some of the topical painkillers and found them helpful, but there I can use other things as well. Um, and they work, just as well. So I, I don't curious if you feel that it is one or the other more dangerous. What are your thoughts on that? Well, if you're, if you're talking about THC, um, that's definitely not something that I would recommend. There, there's mm-hmm. so many side effects, which I hope we'll get to talk about those here in the next few minutes. Uh, if you're talking about CBD, there are some risks to CBD, um, but it's it's mainly the fact that it's really just not a an effective drug, um, and if you're looking at THC and CBD um, mm-hmm. as far as pain management, if you really look at the studies, studies show that they're no better than placebo. Um, there's a placebo effect to a lot of this, and and if you take placebo, you know maybe up to twenty percent. And maybe even a little more, 23% or so of people will have some pain relief with just about anything that you give them. So a lot of it's placebo effect uh, when it comes to these drugs. I noticed that um, you mentioned in in what you wrote to us that there seems like it has effects on several parts of the body, the brain, the heart, the lungs. Uh, Can you go into that a little bit more? Absolutely. Um, Yeah, if, if you're looking at the effects, first of all, on the brain. I mean, we obviously know that marijuana affects the brain, but everyone thinks that it's just the the short-term effects, the the few hours or maybe even uh, 
up to 10 or 12 hours, maybe even 24 hours for, for some of the, the short-term effects. But what people really don't understand are the long-term and permanent effects. Uh, looking at the brain, there's a 16% increase in the risk of strokes uh, in young people, especially 18 to 49-year-olds. And if you're talking about a type of stroke called acute ischemic stroke, that's a 41% increase for those 18 to 49-year-olds. Wow. Um, if, if you want to look at, at uh, ladies who are pregnant and the effect on their babies, there's abnormal neurological development um, so that it permanently damages baby's brain. And there's problems with memory, attention, problem-solving skills, sleep, and behavior. Um, and there's even psychosis and social problems in these children later on when, when mom used marijuana during pregnancy. And the problem is a lot of times young ladies don't know they're pregnant until several months in. Uh, and another problem is uh, there was a study a couple of years ago that showed that Colorado dispensaries, 70% of them recommended uh, marijuana to treat nausea in the first trimester of oh, pregnancy, no. despite the fact that there's a mountain of evidence that shows the problem uh, with unborn children. Um, marijuana directly interferes with, with brain development in users as well. Uh, it, it causes problems with decision-making, reward-seeking, and impulse control. And uh, their brains just don't develop normally. Our brains are plastic. They're, they're, they change a lot. They're immature until at least the age of 25 to 27. And there's actually a study in the UK that shows our brains are, are really changing a lot until we're in our 30s and 40s. And in those young brains, especially, um, there's there's a lot of problems with marijuana. There, there was a study that showed uh, that followed people from birth to age 38 that um, showed a lot of problems with marijuana. And even when they stopped, their brains didn't return to normal. Um, there's a study that shows that uh, people that smoke marijuana and, and they took out there. A lot of people that smoke marijuana are also using uh, alcohol, you know, college students. Um, they, they statistically took out the alcohol and, and GPAs were, were about a half a point lower in those who smoked marijuana. And then IQ, they, they followed uh, people for several decades and uh, those who didn't smoke marijuana versus, versus those who did, the ones who smoked marijuana had an average IQ um, eight points less than, than what they started with. And, and the IQ was almost the same for those who didn't smoke marijuana. So I could just go on and on, but there's a lot of, lot of problems uh, with, with the brain. One of the biggest problems that we see with marijuana, which this was the most shocking thing to me when I started studying, and that's the effects on the heart. Um, I, I didn't realize the, the effects and, and I don't think really anybody did to, to be honest until the last few years, but there are just, um, a ton of studies over the past few years that show marijuana's effects on the heart. First of all, it, it increases blood pressure 20 to a hundred percent on average for a few hours after we use it. And it also increases the heart rate as well. It, and, and it increases inflammation in the bloodstream. And, and you combine all these effects plus a few more. Um, and uh, it causes significant damage to the heart. There was a study that was released not too long ago. And they took patients who had exercise-induced angina, 
pain whenever they uh, were exercising, pain in their chest. And they, they had them walk on a treadmill and there was a certain amount of time that it took until they developed angina. Well, they would wait a few days and then they would let that person smoke one joint and then do the same test. And on average, they had angina 50% faster than, than when they weren't using marijuana. There was a study from Stanford that showed uh, before the age of 50, there's a, a very significant increase in the risk of heart attacks, second heart attacks, heart failure, sudden cardiac death. Um, there's a there's a Harvard study that came out not too long ago. Uh, it was last year, and it showed the risk of a heart attack is 4.8 times normal for the first mm-hmm. hour after smoking marijuana, and two times normal for three hours, and then uh, up to two times normal for 24 hours. Another recent Canadian study showed that for 18 to 44-year-olds, if you've smoked marijuana in the last 30 days, your risk of a heart attack is 63% higher. There's a Mayo Clinic study that shows that, um, you know, for three years, uh, that followed people for three years, and those who smoked marijuana had two and a half times the risk of a heart attack versus those who didn't. And I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Dave. I'm sorry. Doctor, I'm I'm just, I'm shocked because... When I was a teenager and in my 20s, we always heard, you know, whenever people talked about legalizing, no, we don't have enough information. We're doing studies. We're doing studies. Well, they've done 50 years worth of studies, and we have never been told that the studies were negative uh, until I'm hearing it for the first time. You know, and I've been waiting 50 years for these studies to be done so that you can tell us, is it safe to smoke? Is it Should it be legal? Should it be illegal? Why is nobody talking about these studies? If there are so many and they're so negative, why are you the only guy talking about it? I'm not the only guy talking about it. Um, there's a lot of people really who talk about it, but the as far as well, in popular- not on the media, I mean, it's not on any of the ABC, CBS, Fox networks. Um, there's there's there are some that are on some of the networks. There's a gentleman named Kevin Sabet, and he was actually a drug policy coordinator or assistant to the drug policy coordinator for yeah. both Republican and Democrat administrations. He's on there a lot. Um, I didn't didn't really remember him until I started studying this a lot. But I now that that I'm studying this, I, I see when he's on and I, and I try to watch him as much as I can. He's he's brilliant. And well, he's saying exactly why. Why are our politicians? who I assume have access to these studies, why are they allowing it to be uh, legal? Debbie, you're a politician. Maybe you can chime in on that. Well, you know, I wasn't aware of any of these things at all. And wow. I, I, my, I was um, a goody two-shoes. I, didn't, <laughs> I never touched pot or anything until I think I was in my 30s and I had a friend who had some pot and, and we baked it into some consumed it because I can't smoke. I just, I have asthma and I'm miserable if I smoke. So, and, um, and, you know, and I think I smoked at a couple of other times with another friend on a couple of occasions, but I didn't, it hurts my lungs and it, um, it makes me paranoid. So I don't touch the stuff. I, I don't, I don't like what it does. Um, and I, I have a close friend whose husband, for many, many, and I don't know if he still does, but for many, many years, regularly smoked. And she said, he's simply not present. And that's the same as someone who's an alcoholic who drinks. They're simply not present. 
And um, th- that to me is, is dangerous. I mean, it's not good in a relationship. It destroys marriages and families. And so I, you were asking me the political question. And I think, you know, just from a purely philosophical point of view, I was in favor of it for a couple of reasons. One is because I wanted it regulated so that it would be a safer product for the people who were using it medically. Um, the other reason was because I felt like legalizing it would um, take some of the uh, illegal side out of it and um, it, remove that and make it, you know, take away some of the illicit things that were going on. Unfortunately, my experience has been that just like when prohibition was lifted, it's it's a disaster. And I'm I hear about deaths, literally, you know, from sheriffs there's bodies everywhere literally bodies and um associated with the greed uh in the industry so i i don't really have much good to say about it and but i also had uh, uh. been approached by one of my doctors who begged me to approve it because his one of his best friend's son had died of um a heroin overdose and he felt that marijuana was a much safer he says, nobody ever died from marijuana. It's much safer to use it for pain management. I would so much rather have people using it than morphine. And so... so I, I'm wondering why, why Congress... Is, reasons. I'm so, sorry for interrupting, uh, Deb. Yeah. I'm just wondering why Congress isn't holding hearings, why you're not speaking before Congress, why you're not speaking before state legislatures all over the country, um, especially the ones that are that are legalizing it. Yeah, there there are a lot of people who are, and I'll have to admit that I'm I'm just getting into this fight. Really, um, my book isn't even out yet. It's out. It's going to be out in October, uh, and I'm just now meeting a lot of the people who I've been reading their works. Um, I'm just now starting to to get to meet these people, and I hope that I can speak before legislators and and uh, you know other politicians. Are any doors opening? I mean, is is government just uh, mute on this topic because it seems to be um, uh, the, the population, the voters seem to want it. I mean, that's that's what I'm always hearing. You know, they'll put it on the ballot and it'll always pass. If you ask Dr. Sabet, Kevin Sabet, the, the one that I keep quoting here uh, that's been a part of several administrations, both Republican and Democrat, um, he says that there is just so much money behind the effort that uh, anything that is going against it gets quashed. Yeah, um, if you're a politician, used- money certainly talks, doesn't it? Yeah. I, no- I think the other side of it is they really want the tax revenue. <laughs> tax revenue is king, unfortunately. Like it's, lottery, and that's yeah. great also, I think. Um, yeah, but if, if you look at what the Centennial uh, uh, Group says from Colorado, they say that for every dollar that is raised in tax revenue, there's four and a half dollars that are spent on healthcare and other things. Um, the healthcare expenses from med- marijuana are just yeah. devastating to our economy. People don't understand that. So yes, it does bring in tax revenue. Yeah, but, but not only that, but but there's still the the uh, black market. They haven't gone away. In fact, the legal marijuana dispensaries are complaining that these guys are setting up shop. They have no insurance. They're not paying rent. They're, they're cutting in on their business and the government's promised them that that illegal would go down and that would make their business, you know, cause they're paying all these new taxes and new fees, et cetera. 
and they're feeling betrayed. Yeah, you can buy the illegal stuff still a whole lot less expensively than the legal stuff. The legal stuff is very yeah. expensive. So there's a shopper, the, the, right? Nobody knew that, right? Yeah. Well, the, and it's incredibly dangerous. Uh, we now it's laced with fentanyl, and we had uh, in January of 2023 we had 17 deaths in one week from marijuana laced with fentanyl. Yep. All right. Let's talk about CBD. Is it safe? Everyone says it is. Well, it, the the I, problem. I noticed with, the government made people remove uh, the word CBD. Right now, all the stuff that had CBD on it, it says something else, doesn't it? Or am I mistaken? I haven't heard that part of it. What 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 I what they've done is they don't allow them to say that it has at least on the bottle that it has any. Uh, curing effect that it that it's not made to prevent cure or treat any disease and there were a lot of claims even on the bottles and in a lot of advertising and my understanding at least unless there's something very new that that i don't know about and i don't think that's the case but uh, my understanding is that uh the government has just not allowed them to to say that outright anymore um the fda came came out against a, a lot of different companies for that there there was something that they put out uh, several months ago about that. The biggest thing now is CBD gummies. They're claiming you can, it burns fat and all of this stuff. I mean, you can't go on Facebook without being hit with 30 ads or so. Yeah, believers believe believers in CBD believe that it's going to treat pain and anxiety, insomnia, arthritis, depression, mental health, headaches. I mean, you can just go on and on. And it's big business. It's a $5.3 billion industry as of 2021, including $560 million for pets. Um, but well, the that is the income, the tax income just in the state of California is $5 billion. <laughs> on um, pot. <laughs> on, on pot. Yeah. On marijuana, not CBD. Yeah. Well, it's probably on everything. I, I'm not sure what they're counting in that, but it's $5 billion, which is, you know, it's equivalent to strawberries, <laughs> which well, is let, one of the biggest crops. Let's talk yeah. about your book. Uh, what do you hope people will get from it when it comes out? Well, I hope that they're going to uh, see that, that marijuana is not either safe or effective, Um and when we're talking about medical marijuana, when we're talking about CBD, when we're talking about really all cannabis products, um, there's there's so much literature against it. Um, and if you're looking at CBD, it's mainly there is there are some safety issues, but it's mainly that it's not effective. It's it's kind of a snake oil. People are are using it um, and they're they're really not getting benefit out of it. So I hope that people will read my book and they'll see all of the medical literature, I, I literally have uh, for every reference I have where they can click on it if you're looking at the at the electronic version. Um, and you can go directly to that article and see yeah. that, hey, uh, this is this is real science. The science says that it's not safe. And, and I, hopefully once they see that it's not safe, they're going to either not start using it or if they're using it, hopefully back off. Well, it's a pretty cool cover. I mean, what what have you done to ensure that the people who need to read it the most will be attracted to it and start reading it or, you know, or that they're just going to look at it as an anti-marijuana book and they, they don't want, they don't want to hear it. What's your plan? 
Well, my plan is marketing to, plan. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm getting on as many of these shows as, as I can. First of all, I think that's a that's a great thing. Just get the word out. Um, I'm also working with Steve Harrison and someone else who is a very big author that he works with. I won't mention names at this point, but he's they're both going to be helping me with the book as of September, and then they're going to be helping with me with the marketing plan too. And, and Steve Harrison. Uh, he he helped launch Chicken Soup for the Soul, uh, the Dummy series, uh, and several other things. Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and so he's going to be helping me with this book. So if there's anybody who knows how to market a book, he does. Good. I I have um, I want to switch uh, switch roles here and say uh, Devil's Advocate. Surely there must be some things for which marijuana could be prescribed for that it would help. Are there studies out there showing that there's anything it's good for? Chemotherapy, nausea? Yeah, if if you look at those studies, um, unfortunately, medical marijuana uh, just isn't all it's cracked up to be. It's it's really hype. Uh, there there are no and you you can look at the at the literature that I have, but there are no good studies that show that marijuana itself is good for for anything uh, that it's supposed to be used for. If you're talking about nausea, for instance, um, yes, it, there there are some some chemicals that are in the mar- marijuana plant that when they're uh, when they are uh, isolated, it may be that down the road, and I hope this is the case, it may be that they can be used for nausea. Um, it may be appetite, that appetite or appetite stimulation. Absolutely. I, I hope there are things that are out there that can be used there. There are a couple of FDA approved drugs. Those drugs, for the most part, didn't go through the same rigorous um, uh, FDA approval process that a lot of drugs did They're, They They kind of got fast tracked and those studies kind of like the CBD, uh, not the CBD, the COVID uh, vaccines kind of <laughs> the same really type. fast. There, there was a there was a lot of of hype behind it. There were a lot of people that that wanted this to get through, and so there there are several drugs that that made it through on very small studies. You know, literally dozens of people as opposed to thousands. And so we don't really know the long term effects. I am not in any way against uh, using the chemicals that are in the marijuana plant, the cannabis plant, for medical use. But if you're looking at what we have right now as as the actual uh, the the studies that we have, there's just not anything out there. And there's not anything out there that shows that it's safe and effective. And if you're looking, if you're thinking about marijuana itself, it's still a schedule one drug. What does schedule one drug mean? It means that it's not enforced. (laughs) Right. But it is still a schedule one drug. And the reason that it's a Schedule One drug is because it has a high propensity for abuse, and it's not known to be effective for any medical use. That's that's exactly what that means. And so, the the, the marijuana plant, smoking marijuana, is has not been approved for anything. There are a few drugs that are that are. Um, CBD. There's there's one that's that's a very f- purified version of CBD 
Um, and then there's a couple of, of THC-like, not THC, but TH- synthetic THC-like drugs that are used for, um, for certain types of epilepsy, uh, two very, very rare types of epilepsy that have been approved. Um, and, you know, I, again, I'm not against those drugs. Mm-hmm. I hope that we can have uh, a lot more uh, studies down the road that, that will help us to come out with more things that will help people. But right now, there's just nothing out there that shows that it's safe and effective. Well, I can't believe uh, how fast the time has gone and we've just scratched the surface. Um, how can people get your book when it comes out or get a hold of you or maybe ask you uh, if you want to come on their show? How do you get a hold of you? Yeah, the easiest way is to go to drwiggins.com. It's D-R-W-I-G-G-I-N-S.com. And then um, just there's a lot of information there. And you can also uh, connect with me there. Just click on connect and get on my mailing list. And then you can know uh, when the book is coming out. I'll also give a discount uh, to those that are on that mailing list once the book comes out. Right. Um, and then also connect me with me via social media. I, I love to connect with people and, and get to know them. And I'm happy to answer questions. When, when people send me questions, I try to answer as many of them as I can. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. We really, really appreciate it. And thank you, Debbie, for coming on, as you do every week. Um, remember that all our live shows become recorded pod and video casts on your favorite platforms. My number one best-selling book, Secrets from the Hammock, Uncommon Wisdom for Uncommon Times, Spreading Wisdom All Over the World, uh, <laughs> available wherever books are sold, also on my free membership website, caregiverdave.com, where you can also schedule a free 30-minute initial coaching call to talk about whatever you're struggling with. Many times a 30-minute uh, dose of wisdom is all it takes to resolve a caregiver problem. Debbie, how can people get a hold of you? MayorDebbie.com. And um, I have a book, The Happiest Corruption, Sleaze, Lies, and Suicide in a California Beach Town. And a lot of that ties back to cannabis. And um, <laughs> I'm, I would be delighted also to work with folks who are having struggling with issues with local government. Um, I'm going to be setting up a, a, a weekly session for folks on that. Yes. And remember, you know, most of our audience are burned out caregivers and 30% of them actually die before their loved ones do 40% if you're caring for a dementia patient. So we want you to stay in touch with us. Uh, you know, stay plugged in, go to caregiver Dave on my Facebook page, 34,000, uh, subscribers. Also, if you click the like or follow button on whatever platform you're watching or listening to this interview on, it helps us reach even more caregivers by improving Google search engine algorithms. So again, thanks to all my listeners out there making us the number one uh, caregiver podcast and radio show on the internet. So until next week, same time, same channel, may God richly bless you all. Bye-bye. Dave Nassani, the caregiver's caregiver, has just released his sixth book entitled It's My Life Too, Thrive to Stay Alive as a Caregiver. It was specifically written for caregivers who know they should be putting their needs first, but just don't know how. Dave is the sole caregiver to his wife, Charlene, since 1996. He knows firsthand what caregivers are going through because he is one. He now speaks all across the country, offering caregivers his amazing caregiver support package. Even the airlines tell us that in the event of an emergency, to put your oxygen mask on first before you help your child with their mask. They know that those who don't heed their advice 
often black out, thus becoming unable to help either themselves or their child. And caregivers are exactly the same way. It's my life too. Thrive and stay alive as a caregiver will help caregivers who are neglecting their sleep, diet, and social life and learn to put their needs first. Pick up your copy today or buy one for your special caregiver on sale everywhere and at caregiverdave.com. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Keep breathing, take it in and let it out. Keep breathing, it's gonna be okay. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.